Hi, I'm Emma, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and you're listening to the Therapy in a Nutshell podcast. It's my mission to create easy to understand educational content about therapeutic skills and topics that anyone can use in their daily life. I hope these episodes bring you more insight into how your mind works and what actions you can take to improve your mental health. Each podcast episode comes from a corresponding video you can find on the Therapy in a Nutshell YouTube channel. Also, these podcasts are educational and don't replace the advice or direction you may be receiving from a therapist or other health professional. Now let's jump into today's skill. When you get overwhelmed by making a choice, when you can't decide between A and B, you often settle for C, or you end up paralyzed, procrastinating, or making no decision at all. In this video, you'll learn the three underlying causes of decision paralysis and two keys to overcoming it. And I'll give you a hint, it has to do with emotion regulation and executive functioning. Hey, if you wanna learn more about how to work through intense emotions and how to get better at tolerating those big, scary emotions, check out my How to Process Your Emotions course. It's about 10 hours of content taking you through the step-by-step -step process of working through big emotions, resolving them, and coming to a greater sense of peace and self-control. The link is in the description if you'd like to learn more. Now, there once was a woman named Frida who struggled with making decisions. She was a perfectionist and she always worried about making the wrong choice. Whether it was what to wear or what to watch or where to eat, she would spend hours, if not days, weighing the pros and cons of every option before finally making a choice. Now, the tendency to overthink things became a real problem for Frida as she got older. Decision paralysis was holding her back in life. She couldn't commit to a career, a relationship, or even a simple outing with her friends because she couldn't decide what to do. Her friends and family started getting frustrated with her because they never knew whether or not she would show up to events or follow through with plans. She became anxious and depressed and her relationships suffered. One day, Frida had to decide between two job offers. One was at a large corporation with a higher salary, but longer hours and more stress, and the other was at a small startup with a lower salary, but a better work-life balance. Now, Frida couldn't decide which job to take. She weighed the pros and cons of each option, but no matter how hard she tried, she just couldn't make a decision. She was so paralyzed by the fear of making the wrong choice that she ended up doing nothing at all. Now, Frida's story is the epitome of decision paralysis. Decision paralysis is when you get overwhelmed with a complicated decision, or a simple one. Deciding what should I major in at college, or where should we eat tonight, might make you freeze up, you might avoid it, overthink it, delay it, or constantly second-guess your choice. Now, this can lead to choice fatigue. Like, you might feel exhausted or just give up on college or eating out altogether. The other thing a lot of people do is procrastinate. So instead of just picking the topic for that one huge assignment, you do like a ton of little tasks that aren't important. Or you spend time watching shows or on social media. Basically, just anything you can do to avoid dealing with that overwhelming decision. And this problem can happen to anyone. In one study, surgeons were presented with a pretty clear case where surgery was necessary. But when they were presented with a bunch of other options, like a bunch of medications that were unlikely to help, but might help, then they ended up delaying that needed surgery. Now, there are three causes of decision paralysis. Number one, it's harder than it's ever been to make decisions because we in the developed world have more options than ever in history. 
Number two is making a choice comes with risk, a risk of disappointment, fear, or regret. And a lack of ability to regulate the emotional aspect of decisions impacts our ability to choose between options. Okay, number three, your brain struggles to make sense of important, complex, abstract tasks. The word for this is executive functioning. This is all about how your brain manages decision-making, how it prioritizes what is important. The average human has a hard time evaluating so much information, but for a lot of people with depression or anxiety, and especially ADHD, executive functioning issues can make it extra hard. Okay, so now let's talk about how to stop overthinking decisions. Okay, so first let's address the problem with having too many options. Barry Schwartz has spent years studying this, and here's a clip from his excellent TED Talk. Now, previous to this clip, he describes how he used to just buy the only pair of jeans that were available because there really was only one option. But recently he needed a new pair and was bombarded with all the options. Tapered, straight leg, boot cut, slim fit, button flyer, zipper, and washed or distressed, and so on and so on. So he spent an hour trying them all on, got the best fitting jean of his life, and was still less satisfied than before because these jeans weren't perfect. There were just so many other options. So let's hear what he has to say about how this impacts our mental Buying health. Buying a bad fitting pair of jeans when there is only one kind to buy is that when you are dissatisfied and you ask why, who's responsible? The answer is clear. The world is responsible. What could you do? When there are hundreds of different styles of jeans available and you buy one that is disappointing and you ask why, who's responsible? It is equally clear that the answer to the question is you. You could have done better with a hundred different kinds of genes on display. There is no excuse for failure. And so when people make decisions, and even the, though the results of the decisions are good, they feel disappointed about them, they blame themselves. Clinical depression has exploded in the industrial world in the last generation. I believe a significant, not the only, but a significant contributor to this explosion of depression and also suicide is that people have experiences that are disappointing because their standards are so high, and then when they have to explain these experiences to themselves, they think they're at fault. And so the net result is that we do better at, in general, objectively, and we feel worse. Okay, so the more options we have, the less satisfied we may feel. When we become aware of this paradox, we can intentionally counteract it. You could say something like, I've got lots of good options, every outcome will be okay. And then just practice appreciation for the good things you have, even if they're not perfect. Like a startup job or a new pair of jeans. Even something as simple as a zipper is pretty marvelous invention if you take the time to appreciate it. Okay, second, if you're struggling to make a decision, it's very likely that you're afraid of something. Now, I'm a therapist, so of course I'm gonna say that the most important key to decision paralysis is to face the emotional problem first. In Frida's case, she was attempting to avoid uncertainty, which is an uncomfortable emotion, with endless perfectionism, future analysis, pros and cons list, right? She was just going around in circles, and it was just an attempt to eliminate the fear around disappointment or failure or a poor outcome. So if we wanna stop overthinking, we need to regulate our emotions. Now you can learn this skill, right? You can learn to regulate the emotions that interfere with making a choice. So start by just asking yourself, you know, can you identify what you're afraid of? 
Are you afraid that you'll regret your dinner choice? Are you afraid that you'll choose the wrong career and be stuck forever? Like, what is your fear? Just get super clear on it, write it down. And then ask yourself, if that fear really happened, how would you manage it? Visualize it, you know? If you ate someplace terrible, could you tolerate the regret? If you chose the wrong career, could you try a different one? And then accept that there are no perfect decisions. Like making a decision comes with risk. Life comes with risk. Choosing to take no risks in life comes with a very high risk of being disappointed and lonely. For example, if you're afraid to choose a major, you'll end up working at the only available jobs at your education level. Life will choose for you if you don't. Okay, next, Understand that, just acknowledge that delaying decisions, procrastination, or getting frozen in indecision are all actually about risk avoidance. So when you're uncomfortable, when decisions are uncomfortable, you have two options to try to manage your discomfort. Option number one is to put tons and tons of effort into never making the wrong decision. Like Frida here, right? Try to be perfect with your decisions. Try to avoid all discomfort by doing everything right. Does this sound a bit like toxic perfectionism to anyone? Right? Trying to never ever make the wrong decision leads to constant rumination, regret, and paralysis about choices. So what's the other option? Option two is getting really comfortable with making imperfect decisions. Confident people aren't more likely to be right, they're more willing to make imperfect choices. Forward progress includes mistakes and less than perfect outcomes. Tolerating imperfection is a skill that can be learned. So for example, Ryan and I, we often have a hard time deciding what to do on a Saturday with our four little kids. Children's museum, too crowded. Out to eat, the kids will make a mess. Park, it's freezing outside. We, we get stuck because we, we don't really wanna face the reality. Doing things with our kids is going to involve discomfort. There's gonna be some crying, some lost shoes, some messes, some cold kids, and some fun, some adventure, some memories and opportunities to grow. So, so in this situation, the solution isn't choosing the perfect, easy, comfortable outing with kids. It's actually just picking anything and getting really good at being resilient. It's going with the flow. It's accepting the messiness of it all as being fused with the joy of it. And when you have made a decision, just celebrate your good decisions. Remind yourself of them. This is how you build self-confidence. So here's three little mantras to get you through the fear of making a decision. Number one, any decision is better than no decision. There is risk in making no decisions. Something or someone else will decide for you. Create power over your own life by choosing to make a decision. Number two, done is better than perfect. Number three, look forward, not back. People are actually happier when a choice is final, when they can't go back and change it. When you constantly second guess a decision and ruminate on the what ifs, you make yourself miserable. Don't look back, look forward. If you didn't like that restaurant, say, mm, I'll try Bombay House next time. If you stayed too long in a bad relationship, say, mm, I'll learn from that to have better boundaries next time. Okay, so let's get back to Frida. One day, Frida's best friend sat her down and had a heart to heart with her. She reminded Frida that there is no such thing as a perfect decision. And that sometimes you just have to take a leap of faith and go with your gut. Frida realized that her friend was right. Making a decision was hard, but making no decision was worse. So she decided to take the job at the startup. And though it wasn't the perfect choice, it ended up being the best decision she ever made. 
She was happier, more fulfilled, and her relationships with loved ones improved. From then on, Frida learned to accept uncertainty and to just make a decision, even if it wasn't perfect. Okay, so now that we've talked about the emotion regulation aspect of overthinking, the second key to stop overthinking decisions is about executive functioning. Now, making big decisions with lots of moving parts can overwhelm our brain circuits. Our brains are not quite prepared for the difficulties of the modern world. Executive functioning is the mental skill of organizing big pieces of information. It includes working memory, which is how many ideas we can hold in our head at once. It includes organization, planning, self-control, prioritization, time management, and flexibility. Now, because executive functioning is a kind of complex topic, I'm saving it for the next video in this series. Okay, so I just gave you a ton of information about overthinking decisions. Let's summarize. You have more decisions than ever, which leads to higher expectations and more disappointment. It's hard to make decisions because you're afraid of making the wrong choice and being disappointed. But you can develop the ability to tolerate emotions like fear and remind yourself that done is better than perfect. You can learn the skills to handle imperfect decisions and still be okay and let go of regret. Also, just remind yourself that you're resilient. You can handle an imperfect outcome and give yourself credit for the good decisions you have made. Just make sure to practice appreciation for the good things you have, even if they're not perfect. In the next video, we'll talk about how to support your executive functioning. I hope that's helpful. Thank you for watching. Let's get better at feeling. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found something you can add to your daily routine that makes your life just a little bit better. If you want to learn more about topics like how to process tough emotions, how to change your brain, how to build better relationships, or support someone you know with a mental illness, then check out my classes at therapyinanutshell.com. And if you feel like these podcasts have been a benefit to you, please leave a rating so others can more easily find this content. Thank you so much and have a great day.